This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, Judges chapter number 15, when... When the Lord began to pour this message into my heart, I, I really began to struggle uh, with it. Because this sermon, some of you have heard me preach. Um, and I, I was like, Lord, you know, I don't know about that. Uh, and the Lord began to teach me this week through basketball. And I listened. You see, I, I don't always get to go out to the practices and... and, and, and but this year, Zach has chosen he wants to be a part of the team. So like other parents, I'm, I'm gathering into the, to the basketball court. But unlike other parents, I, I don't know when to be quiet. Because you see, for eight years I coached you know, high school ball, and, and, and as a former coach, I, I see things that need, need work. And I'm sitting there, and, 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 and at first I just kind of, you know, bit my tongue. Then I was like, well, at least I can affect Zach. So I'm like, Zach, we're waiting, we're staying after practice. We're going to work on these fundamentals. And then I thought, well, I, I can at least encourage Pastor Danny. Then he made the mistake of having to be out with a sick kid and letting me have the practices. Guess what we worked on? Fundamentals. Was it Coach Wooten that said, if you don't know fundamentals, then why are you out here? We worked on the Fundamentals. As we begin to work on the fundamentals, even one of the, the players that's uh, probably going to score some of the most points on the team came up and said, thanks, Pastor, man, I need this fundamental work. And so I went back to practice, and, and I spoke up. And Pastor Danny, I'm, watching, I'm saying something, and I'm watching him out of the corner of my eye going, am I overstepping? And then I stood up. And, and then... Pastor Danny's trying to coach the boys that are seasoned and the boys that are learning and some amazing talent in both, both of those ends of the floor. And he's busy down here. And these boys really not... So I walked out on the floor. I got on the floor. And before long, Pastor Danny's calling my name. Because, Thanks, Pastor. Because I'm running a full practice on the other end of the court. I said to him, well, I don't know about all the stuff you're teaching. He said, the same thing I've been teaching them for 12 years. I said, well, let me, let me, before you try to teach them all that, I know this is going to sound fun, let me teach them how to dribble. I mean, if you can't dribble, let me teach them how to, how to set a pick. Let me, let me teach them, and, and, and unfortunately, I, I've already got on the floor now. I'm probably going to bring some clothes tomorrow. Why? That's Danny just cranes. They may, no, I mean, Why? Because these fundamentals are what will take them. And some of you are laughing, but I remember when you couldn't play. And it will take them from where they are to the other end of the court. It's not that there's not talent on the court that I'm in that I'm working on. It's they're younger. They're newer at it. They're learning. And God spoke to me right there and He said, Son, fundamentalists. And what's happening is I'm seeing some of you wanting to play in the game of faith and you don't know the fundamentals. You've forgotten the fundamentals. 
You've lost the fundamentals. And I want to give you this basic sermon today and help you learn a fundamental that you really need to grab hold of. Alright? And as we do that, I believe it will help you. Judges chapter number 15, verse number 11. We're going to go to the very bottom of verse number 11. There's a statement there that is a fundamental of faith. But Samson replied... I only did to them what they did to me. But Samson replied, I only did to them what they did to me. Sounds real super spiritual, right? You've been saying it all your life. Let me translate it for you. He started it. Oh, oh let, me, let me make it grow up for you. You cut me off, now I'm going to ride your tail. Amen. It's a principle. That we put in place in our lives, and it's a spiritual principle we don't even get. Just so you understand how powerful it is, there's tons and tons of spiritual principles in the Word. The Word of God tells us to do certain things. For example, do good unto others, even as you would have them do unto you. The Bible tells us an amazing spiritual principle we're going to talk about today. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against the principalities and the powers of darkness. And you think that everybody around you is your enemy, but the truth is your enemy is really rooted in a spiritual battle. Principle two that I really want you to see there, or the next principle is, uh, you know, when the devil comes to attack you, you're given a biblical right on how to fight. Just a couple others. Here's a principle that you better learn. If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. It's a law. It's written. Here's another one. That if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you may ask for anything in my name and you will receive it. See, we lose part of that biblical principle. We say, where we ask, it's ours. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you're going to ask. He said, in other words, if you're living like I want you to live and you're bringing my word into your life, then you're going to ask and then it's going to happen. But because we don't learn the whole principle, we're like, but I asked and it didn't happen and we get angry at God. Oh, maybe I need to preach on here. If I resist the devil, he must flee, right? Resist the devil and he will flee. Well, it's part of it. But the other part says this, submit unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee. See, a lot of us are going... You're not going to win, 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 and he's not going anywhere, and we feel like God's let us down. But instead, we should say, okay, what does God's Word say I'm supposed to do now? And I begin to do what God's Word tells me to do. It's a biblical principle. When I begin to do what God says to do, the devil begins to inch back, because there's power in obeying the principles of God. There's biblical principles. How's, how's this one? Uh, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be also. When you can't get a hold of Jesus, what's the devil try to do? He tries to keep you out of church because he knows if two or three people get around you in the name of Jesus, Jesus is going to show up. <laughs> Biblical principles in place. Judges chapter number 15 here. We see Samson is illustrating a biblical principle. He says, I only did to them what they did to me. So to understand the biblical principle, we got to go back and look at what's happening here. Going back to the very beginning of the verse of the chapter, look at verse number one. It says something really, really later on during the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat as a present to his wife. So you know what? Some of you, that might be a suggestion for Christmas there. 
see what she says, and then <laughs> don't bring it to me. Amen. But anyways, he walks in and he says to his father-in-law, I'm going to go make love to my wife. It's just awkward. He goes in, he looks at me and says, hey, I'm here. Here's a goat. So you should be happy. I'm going to go back there and we're going to make love. That's just a real awkward greeting. And his father-in-law jumps up really quickly, runs in front of the door. He barricades the door and he says, you can't go back there. You can't go back there. He, Samson says, why? He says, well, I mean, you disappeared for several months. I thought you didn't love her, so I let her marry somebody else. But here's her little sister if you want to marry her. Crazy conversation. And Samson looks at him and he says something very interesting. He says, see, the wedding had been kind of tumultuous. About 100 people ended up dead. He says, all right, I might have been guilty then, but what I'm about to do, listen to what he says, what I'm about to do, I am blameless, or I will not be blamed. Now, when you say I'm blameless, what are you really saying? He says, I'm justified. What I'm about to do, now, now listen to me, why am I teaching this to you today? Because this is a fundamental of your faith that if you don't get it, you're going to run your whole life away from what God's called you to. He says, I will be blameless. Now, okay, fine. He said, in other words, he says, what I'm about to do, you have given me the right to do. And so what does he do? He goes out and he catches 300 foxes. Right? You remember that story from Sunday school? Horrible story to tell children. Do not go home and take, take Fido and his friend and tie them together, okay? They grab two, 300 foxes, tie them together, put a torch between their tails, and light them on fire. And the Bible says it was while the crops were ready to be harvested. And so there's all these crops that are ready to be harvested, and he sends 300 foxes trying to outrun the fire into the wheat fields, into the vineyards, into the olive groves, and every one of them, it's quite a sight. I'm reminded of Thomas Edison, the night that he burned down his garage trying to create the light bulb. He said, Mr. Edison, are you okay? He said, I just wish somebody would go get my wife. They said, do you need her? He said, no, I just, she's never seen a fire this big. I want her to see it. This amazing fire. Huge, huge fire. And as this fire is burning... Samson turns and walks away and goes and stays in a place called Etom. And he gets to Etom there, something begins to happen. But, but I want you to understand here, he, he said something that really stuck in my mind. He said, I only did to them what they did to me. Now, what in the world is that comparison? You know, I only did to them. They wouldn't let me make love to my wife, so I called a bunch of foxes. I thought, well, he, you wouldn't let me have my fox, so I took, took a bunch of foxes. <laughs> he said, I got a bunch of foxes, and I burn up their harvest. Wait a minute now, wait a minute. Why did he want to go make love to his wife? He wanted to make love to his wife so that she would conceive a child. He said to them, you have taken my harvest, so I will take yours. When they come to attack him, he says, I just did what was within my rights. Now, now, now some of you are going, okay, where are you going with this, Pastor? Where are you going? Now, let's get to the back end of this, this story. This is, it's powerful. Because he's enacting a biblical principle that if you 
would learn it, you would grow in Christ. Let me rephrase that. If you'd learn it, you'd stop running. If you'd learn it, you'd stop backing up and you'd actually become the Christian God's called you to be. If you'd learn it. You see, the principle here we see is he says, you attacked me here, so that gave me the right to fight back here. The very place that you tried to destroy me is the very place that I will begin to win. The very thing that you thought would take me out will become the very thing that will cause me to go over. And instead of it causing me, every time this battle happens, I run for the bar, or I run for the cesspool, or I run to sin, every time this happens, it will stop. Because instead of running, you're going to awaken a giant, and now I will fight. Pastor Don, you're you're drawing too much in the first part of that chapter. No, it's because I know the end of the chapter. Listen to me. The Bible says that he went and dwelt in the cleft of the rock at a place called Etam. So the Philistines are angry. They're going to go hungry all winter long. So what are they going to do? Well, listen to what they do. The Philistines retaliated by setting up camp in Judah, spreading out their camp and spreading out near the town of Lahai. Say that with me. Lahai. They retaliate by going to a place in Judah and they set up a forge to destroy Lahai. But Samson is not in Lahai. Samson is in Etam. And when the men of Judah walk out and say, what do we do to you? They respond to them, we've come to, pay, we've come to capture Samson, we've come to pay him back for what he did to us. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Lahai is just behaving. And all of a sudden, the Philistines build a siege against them, and they're like, what do we do? And they said, we've come to capture Samson. Samson's not in Lahai. Samson's in Etam. And I'm like, what in the world does that have to do with anything? Sometimes the battles in your life are not even your fault. But that does not change the fact that you have a biblical principle for victory. For you have been made more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves you. So the men of Lahai, now you've got to understand what that means, but the men of Lahai get up and they go down to arrest, 3,000 of them go down to arrest Samson. Now let's stop for a moment and see what has happened here. The principle is where I am attacked, that should be the area that I fight in. So when the devil tells you, listen to me, when the devil tells you that I'm going to destroy you financially, you ought to become very generous. When the devil tells you, I'm going to take your marriage, you ought to begin to not only pray for your marriage, but begin to pray for other marriages. When the devil tells you, I'm going to take your kids, you need to begin to use your, your, your children and draw your children in for the things of God and sow into other people for the things of God with their children. For the very area where the enemy attacks you is where your victory will come. Now, maybe I'm just rambling today, but let me, let me, let me show you. Here in this example, they go and they camp in a certain tribe, which is the tribe of Judah. And Judah, in this tribe, is known for one thing. What's Judah known for? 
Okay, let me help you. Judah is known for praise. Judah is known for praise. Judah is known for praise. So Judah is known for praise. So the enemy comes up to encamp against the praise of the people of God, and he does it in a place by the name of Lahai. And what does Lahai mean in Scripture? Mouth or jaw. So where does your praise really come from? You can feel it in here, but until you let it come out of here, it's not really praise. You see, the first thing the enemy wants to do is to shut your mouth. Because if he can shut your mouth, he can shut you down. Because if you're not praising and praying, you're going to dry up spiritually. Oh, Pastor Don, we need you to teach us some revel. I, you just, 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 I'm giving you something you need. It's a fundamental. It's a fundamental. Oh, Pastor Don, but we know this. Maybe we've heard you preach this. Fine, then live it. Somebody come up to me the other day and said, let me tell you a joke, Pastor. I said, what is it? There was this one preacher who preached the same sermon over and over and over again to his church, and finally they came and said, will you please preach something else? He said, when you get it. Listen, the devil will shut down your praise. Because if he shuts down your praise, your lack of gratitude will cause you to begin to despise the things of God. And not only will the devil try to shut down your praise and dry you up, but I want you to see what the people of God did when they stopped praising. Listen to me. This is what they did when they stopped praising. The Bible says that 3,000 of the worshipers went down to the cleft of Etam to capture Samson, their warrior. They went down to take their judge. They went down. And how many churches and how many people have got caught up? They stopped praying. They stopped praising. And before long, they're fighting amongst themselves. And they're attacking people in front of them. They're attacking people that love them. And they are no longer moving forward because they've stopped praying. They've stopped worshiping. And the enemy is winning because their attention is no longer on God, but it's on each other. And Samson, who is an absolute reprobate most of his life but has the power and the presence of God in his life, says, boys, let me teach you something spiritual here. And he says one of the most wise things in Scripture that you'll ever hear. He says, I'll go with you if you agree not to kill me yourself. Now this is important. Because hurting people hurt people. And if you don't get victory in your life, you'll never be able to see somebody else get victory in theirs. I'm just preaching truth here. And he said, look, guys, I know you're scared. But if you agree not to hurt me, I'll go with you. He said, because I don't want to kill you. Seems silly, right? How many times have you been going through something and you lashed out the ones closest to you? Come on now. Pastor John, we don't need this. Yes, you do. It's fundamental. So Samson says, okay, I'll go. They said, well, that's fine, Samson. But we're at least going to tie you up because we know you. We don't want you to change your mind. He said, okay. <laughs> Don't you remember I tore those gates off that city? <laughs> yeah, you can tie me that little rope. <laughs> so they take a rope and they tie it around him. And the Bible says this is what happens. I want you to notice this. Get this real close. When Samson arrives in the place of Lahai, the moment he gets to Lahai, the Philistines see 3,000 men, and you're going to see them coming. They see Samson, and the moment they get there, look at, look at the Bible, what it says there. It says, and the Philistines came screaming against him. Come here, Dustin. Come here, come here. Came screaming against him. You see, biblical principle. Sit down right there. Dustin's going to be our, our reprobate for the day. Mighty man of God. All right, listen. 
The enemy has tried to shut his mouth. The enemy has tried to defeat him and is attacking him in some area. And whenever it comes time to praise, the enemy comes to him and says, I know what you did. If they really knew you. <laughs> oh, right, right. Well, let me do, let's just take it this way. I start preaching about the sin that you struggle with, and the devil says, he's talking to you. I mean, it's true. What is the devil doing? See, see, when we get into the battle, the Bible says, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard my voice, and he answered my call. David said this when I cried unto him. He made me like a man who ran through a troop and jumped over a wall. The enemy could not contain me. The enemy knows that if you will learn the principle, the very fundamental principle that I'm trying to teach you today, that victory can come to your life because you'll be tired of, well, I didn't like this, and I didn't like that song, and I didn't like how long Pastor Don preached. And tell you the truth, I really don't give a care because I'm obeying God. But the devil the whole time says, you, you, this is not for you, this is not for you, because what does the devil do? He will use the very area that he's tried to take away from you against you. You don't believe me? Give him some ground and see what he does with it. You're a failure. You're this. You're a sinner. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never, and you know what? The enemy is yelling, but I want you to see, thank you, Dustin. I want you to see what Samson does at this moment. Samson does not go, oh no, they're coming against me. But the moment that his foot touches Lahai, get this, the moment his foot touches the place called the mouth, he knows exactly what he needs to do. The enemy has come up to shut down their praise, and as the enemy has come up to shut down their praise, he steps out onto the battlefield, and the moment he steps out on the battlefield, the anointing of the Lord comes upon him. Why? Because he was something special? No. But because he knew who he was in God. And if you will realize, instead of going, where are you? Why don't you love me? If when the enemy rises up against you, you will plant your feet and say, you thought you were going to take me out with this disease, but instead, I'll praise you in spite of it. You thought you were going to destroy my home, but instead, I will glorify your name. Watch what happens. When he arrived, oh, they had him all tangled up. He was all encumbered. Am I making any sense to anybody today? It had him all twisted up and tied up. But the moment he stood on the principle of God, the Bible says the ropes literally became like ash. And are you hearing me? He steps out on the battlefield, and I love the story. The enemy's going, we're going to kill you. Ah, you know? And Samson, this is amazing. You know what Samson does? <laughs> he goes and starts running. Just don't see me, but see your warrior running. <laughs> okay. And while he's running toward the enemy, would it not be amazing instead of allowing the enemy to destroy you if you started running? Not away, but toward him. You thought you were going to destroy my family, but bless God, I call them the anointed children of the living God. We will win. We will overcome. We will walk in victory. Oh, you thought you were going to take our church, but bless God, we will go forward. Watch what happens. Does he say, boys, give me a sword? He stops along the way. I can just see it now. If I do this, I may fall over because my knees may go out. But he kind of just scoops. In my mind, I'm bad to the bone right now. 
You see me in the flesh, but he sees me in the spirit. <laughs> he comes up, and the Philistines are kind of stopping their tracks. Because he lifted up. <sighs> I just had this image of Conan. <sighs> and they go, what does he have? Where is he? The enemies attacked him in his praise at the place of the mouth. What does he scoop up off the ground? A mouth. And the enemy goes, <laughs> We done got you, your mouth all tied up. <laughs> but you don't understand. There may be many that are with you, but there are more that are with me. And because of the biblical principle that I see in place at this point, see, this is fundamental. Because of the biblical principle that he was saying, when enemy, when you attacked me here, it gave me the right to fight you here. And what you don't understand is, I don't come with your, your spears and your swords, but I come to you by the power of the living God. And I will use the area that you attacked me with to stop you cold. But Pastor Don, I failed. Well, fine. Stand up, dust yourself off, and realize His grace is sufficient for you. Now move on and win the battle. Now I wish I could tell you that everything ended great. But it didn't. Because this is how it ended. He runs in among the Philistines. He's whirling a mouth. I just have this image in my mind. When he's finished, he isn't standing there like, he's doing more of this. And this is what he actually says. Will you let me die, God? I did. I was right. Will you let me die? I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you. Some battles are worth fighting. Some battles are worth fighting no matter the outcome. One of the stories that I loved the most as a child from a preacher, and I've carried it throughout my ministry. I have no way to scientifically prove this, but it, if you prove it wrong, I'm sorry. But I am told, I'm qualifying the statement, that there's a white kind of a ferret minks or something, you know, one of those little weasel families, that how they hunt this animal so that they can kill it is, if you know anything about burrowing animals, when they hunt, the dogs always chase them in a circle. And instead of chasing this little white, highly desired pelt and trying to shoot it, when the hunters find, their, find its hole and they sick the dogs after it, the hunters will have stopped at the nearest stream and taken filth, that, that, that putrid old leaves and stuff that gather around the edge. And they will take around the hole of that, that ferret and they will mud it up with gook and gross mess. And when that ferret returns to its hole, it would rather turn and fight than dirty its coat.
And so it turns and gives its life for the white coat that it was privileged to grow. For you have been washed white as snow, though your sins were as scarlet. The price that has been paid is the blood of Jesus Christ. And yet, we don't know if the battle's worth fighting. Some battles are worth fighting. He's absolutely exhausted and he says, will you let me die here? I did what you told me to do. Your family needs you to fight the battle. Are you hearing me? I did what you told me to do. And I don't know if I'll survive. And the Bible says that the earth did something. We don't know, but it sprang open in the high. When the enemy attacked the mouth, listen to this. Samson took a mouth and won the victory, and then at the place that he did not know he would survive, it was from the place that he won the victory that a spring burst forth. A spring they named Inhagore. And Inhagore means the spring for which I cried. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The battle that you have been chosen to fight, chosen to fight, is a battle that's worth fighting. And when you're done, it may not have been an easy battle. But when you cry out to God, it will be from that victory that your encouragement comes. You never win by giving up. You never win by running and stopping the fight. Press on. Press in. Press forward. Finalize it with this. The last thing he says after he has drank deep from this well of refreshing is he says, the name of this place shall no more, longer be Lahai. He says, the name of this place shall become Ramath Lahai. And Ramath Lahai simply means place of victory. But it's said in a little bit different way. Instead of it being said, that's where I won, he says, that's job on hill. That's the place where I beat the enemy on job on hill. Maybe that doesn't make sense to you. There's this place, in, 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 it's called War Hill. You ever heard of it? If you have it, I need to see you after service. Because a battle was fought here and a victory was won here and they named it War Hill. There's a place called Bunker Hill because a battle was fought and a victory was won. There are all kinds of hills that dot our nation because a battle was fought and a victory was won. And he said, let it be a mark. Why is that important? That there be a mark. Why is it important that, that the, where the devil attacks you you obey God, you fight, even though it may cost you everything, and you fight to honor God. Why, 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 why? And then you're done. The joy is the victory will refresh you. But why change the name of it? Why, why, why let people know what God did? 
Because for generations after that battle, can you see the little Jewish boys? They'd find a bone. And what would they do? They would run to Ramath Lahai. And they would stand on top of that hill. And they would see more than they were also. And they would go, And then they would drink from the fountain in that place. You know what? I've watched my parents win. And I've watched them lose. And when I've come to those same hills in my own life, I've drank deep from the well. Am I making sense to anybody? You must win. You must not give up. Fundamental. Don't back away. Don't run away. Serve God. Because not only will it be a place of victory for you, but it will be somewhere for others also. They're watching. And they will drink from your victory. And the question is, will you do what you have always done and run? Or will you walk? in the principles of God. Stand with me today. So what do you need to do? I'm talking to everybody from the youngest believer to the oldest. What do you need to do? Plant your feet in Jesus. Throw your hands up. And lift your voice to a God who will deliver you. If in basketball... You're clearly out in front of the guy with the ball. Watch this. What do you need to do? He's coming at you. What do you need to do? The ball's coming at you. If you can steal it, of course, steal it. But if you've got the time, sit down. Plant your feet. Get your arms straight up in the air. And brace yourself. And take a charge. Because the battle may be headed your way one way or the other. But when you take the charge... The ref's going to walk over and he's going to justify you. And your team is going to take possession. Folks, the devil's got you bound. The devil's got you quiet. Plant your feet, throw your hands in the air. And if he's coming at you, stop running, run toward him or take the charge. But when you do what's right, the, the, the one who sees all will justify you, will give you victory and will bring you through by the blood of the Lamb. Would you bow your hands with me today? That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.